Welcome to A Woman's Brew, where women talk about beer. In today's episode of our Brave Noise interview series, we're joined by Will and James from Balance Brewing and Blending, who dare to be brave and make noise about their Brave Noise beer. I'm Joanne and this is Tori. Hello, hello. And we're two beer-loving women on a mission to get more people drinking and talking about great beer and making a brave noise. Come join us. Welcome to Will and James from Balance. <laughs> Welcome Hello. to the podcast. Thank you guys for joining us. Um, yeah, I guess to start things off, this is a Brave Noise episode. Really, 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 I'm particularly excited about this one as well. Um, and really grateful that you guys came on to talk to us. Um, do you want to give a really quick introduction to like who you both are, what you both do, the brewery, just high level for anyone that doesn't know before we get into the really good chat about the Brave Noise? Yeah, uh, so yeah, I'm Will. Um, uh, yeah, thanks for having us on, first of all, uh, and yeah, I'll let James do an introduction to himself and then a bit of a bit of a brewery background. <laughs> Hello everyone, uh, yeah, I'm James, um, so yeah, I suppose I'll yeah, start with myself, been brewing for about, professionally for about seven or eight years, homebrew before that, so amazingly I've been making beer for about a decade now, which is kind of scary. Wow. Um, but yeah, um... I've worked in only in Manchester breweries, so started in Alphabet as assistant brewer, ended up moving to Cholton, um, which is where I met Will, and Cholton obviously specialised in sour beer, so that was kind of where we really like fermented our love of, of this style of beer. Um, and then uh, ended up being head brewer at Squawk uh, until uh, late last year when we went full-time at Balance. Um, yeah, so Balance, uh, we, we specialise in entirely in making like barrel fermented mixed culture beers so it's all a bit funky it's all a bit sour um we particularly do make a lot of saisons uh, that's kind of like 80 90 percent of what we do at the minute um and it's just a, it's a style of beer that we both have had a love for for a long long time and i don't know it seemed like a missing piece of manchester uh, yeah definitely. I'll to yeah so my my background in terms of like personal brewing has been going on since about 2016 professionally uh, before that, I was I studied uh, biochemistry at uni in Sheffield and started working at the Sheffield Tap, and that became a really a really nice crossover for like kind of mixing the science and the and the art of brewing and drinking and all that kind of stuff. So I ended up going to Edinburgh to do an MSc in brewing and distilling, uh, and after completing that, I moved to Manchester in 2016 to Chalton, which is where I met James, uh, and then <coughs> after about two and a half years of Brewing at Chalton, I moved to Track, and I was there for four and a half years. And took a bit of sour knowledge with me. Started the barrel program. We're doing a lot of production, uh, and then yeah, left there last year, last August, I think it was. Was it August or September? Yeah. But yeah, we were we were running Balance, uh, which started in 2021, uh, alongside our full time jobs, and it was it's been pretty nuts. But as of I last year, we both. Going, yeah, we've both gone full time, and it's the best thing we've ever done. <laughs> oh, that sounds ex- so ex- like the idea of doing basically two jobs in parallel just sounds yeah. to me like oh, it was it was, it was <laughs> <laughs> no, that that is amazing, and like I know we were just saying like right before we started recording, like Joe, uh, when we were doing our list of of like beers that we wanted to try in in twenty twenty three, Joe was immediately like. 
balance and I was like oh let me like she was like you would really like this stuff as well so I stopped looking and I was like okay I've made my list now like we're on the podcast so I've made my list now but like the next the next ones like as soon as I start ticking things off like balance is the next one on there and then short like before I even got a chance to do our mid-year review where I got to kind of go okay here's everything ticked off what else am I gonna add like oh i've bought yours now so it's like oh that's the one that i had and i guess that's ticked off so i can tick that one off now but yeah she's no excited to get to try this yeah (laughs) sometimes i was really excited to get to try this because i saw it like been following you like on instagram and i saw this posted and we were saying sort of like that was a sign the brave noise was a sign that we were like okay i'm not waiting any longer i'm definitely buying it now and was just like really 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 excited about it and to get like a saison as well um i guess the first question is this is the first sip we're going to have of it i haven't touched i've been really good mm-hmm. um i have sorry i should have waited <laughs> i was like i was like oh i want to but i'm That's like fair. no i'm gonna save it um what like i guess did you go we're definitely going to do a saison because that is your wheelhouse or was there any method behind like specifically a saison over anything else basically because of our beer takes like nine to twelve months, and we wanted to really be part of the the brave noise while it was still happening. And I think if we would have brewed something new, because we only signed up towards the end of last year, hmm. so if we'd have brewed something new then, I think it would have been coming out in 2024, probably spring. And it just felt like it was more sensible rather than trying to brew a pale ale. We'd do something much sooner with some saison that we already in barrel. Um, so the beer itself is a blend of two different barrels of saison. It's had a much heavier dry hop than we, we usually give our beers, um, with two UK hops, Bramling Cross and UK Cascade. Um, we wanted to keep some of the spirit of the, the Brave Noise kind of pales, where it's you know, a dry hopped pale. We wanted to like bring that across, increase the hopping rate, and but still be very balanced. Like I don't think we could brew a pale ale. <laughs> <laughs> it smells amazing. It, I was going to say, it smells amazing. Oh. Go again. Go again. Yeah. Mm. Like, I guess, do you want to talk a little bit about sort of the the tasting notes of what people should be getting when they have this particular blend? Well, yeah, I mean, the, the barrels that we chose were sort of a lot tarter than our Saison de Maison, which is, again, a, a Saison based, but we tried to have it a little bit more uh, approachable in terms of the tartness. The tartness in this is a little bit higher than we usually go for, uh, which we thought would counterbalance those that higher dry hopping rate a little bit better. It still has that really nice sort of lemony, uh, grapefruity pithiness that we usually have with our saisons, um, but with the added Bramling Cross and Cas- UK Cascade in particular, that really adds um, that almost like piney, resinous American hoppiness to it, uh, and that just that just amplifies up with the tartness. I think it works really well. Beautiful, like this is beautiful. I like the tartness because I think, like, I love a saison, love a sour beer, love like the tartness in a sour beer. I feel like you get that tartness, which is really great. Mm. And just like you do, like you said, it's exactly as you said, there's like that lemony, like, pickiness to it. That you're like, oh, it's just, I feel like this is something that I could have paired really well with like dinner. Like, I feel like you know how people would yeah. open up a bottle of wine. I feel like this to me is like the equivalent of what people that have a bottle of wine with dinner must really enjoy it's like this is just that's the excitement and the feeling i get this is really nice it's beautiful <laughs> really it. oh, it's got a really nice bit of funk in there as well which is just gorgeous yeah oh and kind of with, with all of our beers the, the 
we release everything relatively young. I mean, things have been in been in barrel for ten to twelve months, and then it's been in on dry hops for about a week, week and a half, and then in package for about three, four months, maybe more. So it's it's relatively fresh in the grand scheme of things in our in terms of our style of beer. Uh, but over time, that will develop and get a bit more funky. It will it will improve with age, hopefully, like, and uh, just develop. That's the that's the beauty of this kind of beer. So we both bought the two bottle pack with the glass. By the way, the glasses are absolutely gorgeous as well. Um, I love it. People it's need to come and see the video. Now, Tori got because uh, you only did. Uh, there was only 139 bottles, right? So they're numbered. Yeah, I, t- I told Have you. Told right them. Yeah. Started recording. Yeah, yeah. I'll let, yeah. I'll let you say it for the recording. So, I was like, <laughs> so we both like. So we both got the two bottle pack. Tori got bottle number one. I got bottle number two, and then I've opened number eleven. And what what was your other one? Did you get thirteen? Thirteen, which is like yeah. my my lucky number. So I was like, yes. <laughs> I was so like, we this is like amazing. <laughs> we decided <laughs> we decided we'd put one and two in the cu- in the cupboard to to age a bit. Hey. So we've got those. But that we thought that was hilarious. So we ended up with bottles it, one and two. It was great because yeah, yeah. I was saying before we recorded, I messaged Joe like, "You'll never believe this. I've got bottle number one." Yeah. And she was like, "You'll." And I sent her a photo, and she yeah. went, "Well, you'll never believe this. I've got bottle number two And then my husband was like, "How did you manage? Like, how did you arrange?" That? I was like, "I didn't." I was like, yeah. just, like, "Just I was like, "What's happened?" Because he's like, "Did you get one in two And I was like, "No, I've got one in thirteen out of all the numbers." And I said, "It's probably just that they just like get selected, and I just happen to get that box." And he well, was just like, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, I was the one packing the orders, and I put the first, all the, the glass packs, to one side and then just labelled them up. So it was a bit of a massive coincidence. Totally random. <laughs> yeah. Totally random. Like, oh my god, that's incredible. <laughs> so that, was, that was a fun little thing. But um, to bring it back, I guess, what made you want to get involved in Brave Noise? Uh, so, yeah, so from obviously when everything came out from Brienne, um, it was a bit of a sort of startling thing but it I think it was quite it felt quite distant almost but after after something like 24 hours all of that information and all of the implications and all of that associated information just made its way over to the UK really quickly and it was implicating you know breweries that we'd been drinking the beers of and have known for years and it just brought it home a little bit um, that you know we're not very far away from this kind of behaviour and this yeah the behaviour that that we shouldn't really be seeing at all. Um, so that that led us to to think we we want to do something with this. We brave noise as a response to that really aligned with our values. It it's something that we really want to you know to to push forward with and to be proactive in supporting our allies and helping to kind of spread awareness of, of, of what happened and, and hopefully create and curate like a positive change within the industry. I love that. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like a really vital movement. Like, I don't know how something had to happen in response to everything that came out because I don't know. We all should be absolutely disgusted that this shit. Swear, all this shit goes on, uh, and yeah, it's it's just really it's 
it's nice that, that there's some positive action that's come out of all these horrific stories. Yeah. I think if nothing else, like these these beers get a conversation going as well. I think it's like for as a as a consumer, it helps me. It helps navigate me as well towards like the breweries that the ones that are doing it that are talking about it that aren't afraid to sort of like yeah. have those conversations. For me, that kind of goes. Well, that's who I want to support. Other people that are knowing and recognizing that like there is this problem and wanting to talk about it even if they don't know what to do about it it's yeah. the i want to have that conversation like i'm i'm not too afraid to sort of confront that conversation even if you don't know what the answer is because it's a big thing to try to answer like exactly. nobody has the answer on their own um so i think as a consumer like for me somebody putting out a, a brave noise beer is like one way to signify to me that it's like oh we're on the same wavelength like that my politics align with that brewery and i definitely want to do that but also yeah. it's a conversation starter as well like do you find that if you're you know out and about like doing attending events or or just having conversations with people like have have you had a lot of conversations around this beer yeah they have been yeah so yeah. we were at uh, a couple of weeks ago we were at the block party uh, which is like a collaborative day of uh, fun and festivities with Track, Cloudwater and Shawshot. Uh, and we were pouring up at Cloudwater and we took a few bottles of Brave Noise to pour throughout the day. And, and people, people asked about it, we had it on the table and, and it, did, it did bring about those conversations and like, you know, beyond just being a beer, like what is it? And even if somebody just wants to try it because it's something different they've not seen before, you can give them a sip and then go into like oh this is this is our brave noise beer by the way uh, this is this is what brave noise is this is why we're doing it and this is what we're doing with the proceeds of this and it it kind of naturally just leads into a, a conversation yeah. that leads us quite nicely into what is the cause that you're supporting with your brave noise beer so yeah all the profits are going to hospitality action um we felt it was like really relevant at this moment to support a cause that helps the hospitality industry. I know like personally and otherwise people that have really suffered from, you know, the lockdowns, like, decreasing hours, just, you know, redundancy and just the general cost of living crisis. It's just been a it's just been an awful time for people that are low like on lower wages. Um, so hospitality action in Manchester specifically, they've uh, like giving away in grants and like helpline support like 121,000 in the last three years which feels like a, a massive amount and it obviously has been vital for certain people and it's gone in like hardship grants, cost of living grants, counselling and you know a helpline like this they offer like mental health crisis support so if anyone's listening and needs to access that there, there is somewhere to go uh, specifically for the hospitality industry. In regards to sort of the the brew day, did you have just just out of sheer curiosity, like as I say, you know, did you have anybody um, that like came down to that brew day, or was it very much like sort of like just you guys doing the brew day on it? Like, what was that yeah, like? It was, like, so, it, the it was us, so what we did was so we didn't have a specific brew day for this beer, but what we did was was have a blend day where it was it was nice. myself and James. And we we tasted through barrels, and we 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 came up with blends and dry hopping sort of regimes and uh, concentrations that we thought would would be good for this beer, uh, and that kind of aligned with 
what it was supposed to be, like, you know, an American pale ale style. So we, we went through that, did the blending, and yeah, the, the actual, the, so the process itself differed because we, we, we split the beers in two and dry hopped them slightly differently. So it's something that we haven't done before uh, at such a dry hopping rate. Uh, and, and then we followed our normal process, which is about a week and a half on dry hops and then um, primed just with prime and sugar and then into, into bottle for, I think it was three months before, three, three plus months for conditioning and just coming together, yeah. How do you feel about that, that process? Like, is that something that you'd do again? Because you said that you haven't dry hopped to that rate before. Is it something that you'd do again after doing it with this one? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely, <laughs> it definitely adds, adds another string to our bow, I think. Um, in, terms of, you know, in terms of different beers and different flavours that we want to get, we've got the Saison de Maison, which occupies a very sort of drinkable part of our lineup. And then we've got something like this, which is a little bit more, like I said before, a little bit more acidic, a little bit more hard hitting, and can just take a little bit more dry hopping. Mm. Um, so this this kind of style and this method of doing it as well, where we use both pellet and leaf in conjunction with each other, has a, a really nice place, I think. Yeah, I think in terms of making this style of beer a bit more approachable as well. Um, I think you, do, you know focusing on the, the hoppiness and stuff like that can be quite a good way to like you know if someone's like oh I love a pale ale I love an IPA how do you find that crossover in a beer that is produced with the same ingredients but so differently you know it's you, people that aren't into or haven't tried like sour funky beers before it's a really nice way to be able to go look there are some like similar flavors and I think it's a nice entry point doing like a hoppier beer that I think we'll definitely do in the future again. Yeah, yeah, I'd definitely, yeah, yeah. I'd definitely say this is a nice entry into those for people that like that sort of thing. Like we we talk about that fairly regularly about how you can get people into you know sour beers or funky beers, and this is it's so drinkable. I think it's a nice nice entry for people. I think it has that little bit, like you were saying earlier, Joe, that little bit of like funkiness and stuff. That that if somebody's not used to something funkier, it is not an overwhelming level of funk. It is like a very approachable level of funk where you can yeah, give definitely. that to someone and like there are some times that there are certain beers that are more like funky with that i love that are the more like out there mixed firm like craziness and then i've got to be like this is like they'll go what which beer in this place do you really like the most i'm like this one and they're like i want that and i'm like hang on a minute yeah, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, i feel like i should caveat with a warning like when it's someone that doesn't necessarily drink beer i always feel like i've got to go let me caveat that with a really quick warning before you then go and get like a half of a pint of that or something and start drinking yeah. it and i'm like no 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 it's like i feel responsible for that but this is something that i feel like i could very easily give to some of my friends that they aren't as into beer and they want to try different things and i feel like they could have this and even if they go that wasn't for me that's not a style that i particularly like like it's approachable enough that they could appreciate and see that it's like well made and they could go oh i can see why you would like something that is like that it is just very easy drinking like i've already poured a little bit more of it because it's <laughs> so hard to like not it's yeah, really yeah, easy it's to very, drink yeah. <laughs> back to the um the brave noise conversation are there any changes at the moment that you feel currently that you would want to see being changed in future going forward like I know that we've obviously made a lot of progress so far in the last 
year or so, but there's still sort of a lot more progress to be made. Are there things that you would like to see in the industry um, at the moment? Um, well, yes. Like, a, like this obviously brought out a lot of the sort of, you know, that, I'm not sure what the right word for it is really, but like, you know, very deep issues that were happening within the, the beer industry. And it, it it's a similar thing in, in many other industries and actively pointing those things out and then actively taking part in conversations around those issues, I think is, is something that needs to be done. Um, regardless of what it is. Uh, yeah. A big, a big part of that, I think is one thing it uh, made us look at was establishing like a code of conduct and like a, a reporting scheme for, you know, if people do have issues, uh, Obviously, we've not got a tap room yet, but we want to make that as inclusive space as possible when it does open. So I think just establishing that code of conduct, hope and saying that, and on that code of conduct at the bottom, there's a way offer an email address where people can report if they, there is any issues. So hopefully, just having that there rather than no mention of it, no ignoring it as a possibility, hopefully makes what is already a really difficult act to report something a little bit easier. Um, at least shows that people thinking about it. So I really hope that breweries that haven't already established a code of conduct do so. Um, I think sometimes it can be really easy for a brewery, uh, just from conversations that I've had, you know, with, with people I know that sort of work in the industry, it's like it can be really easy for a brewery to not have a code of conduct mm. in the sense of they're already doing all the right things in the sense of what you would expect in a code of conduct. Yeah. But the smaller your brewery, and the less staff you have, the more it can kind of feel a little bit less like, oh, I don't need one because we're all on the same page and we don't, you know, and it's not, that almost kind of doesn't think a bigger picture, like biggest, you know, as time goes on and you hopefully go in and sort of scale and have more people come on, like it almost doesn't take that into account. So I imagine that some level it's got to be like when you're smaller, you can kind of go, oh, I don't, do we need them? And you think we're doing all the right things. We know that we want yeah. to do all the right things. So hopefully something like Brave Noise can also help a brewery that doesn't have one inspire them to maybe do do a, a, a code conduct. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think for us coming from you know, coming from bigger breweries who have already, you know, seen that kind of thing happen in real time where in very quick succession they've gone from you know, very relatively small breweries to popular and bigger breweries in a very short period of time those those things happen very quickly so if you if you don't for example have a code of conduct in place an expectation of what your staff should act like uh, then there's a there's a potentially a risk for when you when you grow it just not filtering into every member of staff like yes the people at the top may know what's going on because they they talked about it when there were just two of them like it's just me and James but then you need to have that clarity of information where it gets to every part of the business. And especially in craft beer where it just, it can, if you become popular, then you can go really, really quickly. You have to sort of put that in place. And I think coming from bigger breweries, we wanted to put that in place at this stage so that when we do grow a little bit, it might not be massive, but we'll grow a little bit. We can have that information ready to go and people can read it and it's obvious and clear. But yeah, no, I guess like from, from yourselves, I know this is, I've, I've asked you a few questions that I sort of didn't like kind of give you a heads up. So at the end of the day, if you don't want to answer these questions, like 
please feel free to be like, uh, no, let's skip that one. But out of curiosity, sort of like, how did you approach the writing of the code of conduct? I guess maybe was it a little bit easier because it was just two of you. What did you drive inspiration from like previous places that you have worked and things that you like liked about the places or did you, was there an approach? So if anybody's listening to this, that is thinking of writing a code of conduct themselves, like what approach did you guys take that maybe somebody who wants to put a code of conduct in can think about? That's a, that's a great question. Um, we looked we looked around at like a lot of other breweries code of conducts because I feel like, you know, you want to you wanna see what everyone else is saying. I think a lot of, a lot of people have done it in response to Brave Noise as well, um, which was good to see. So we we did look at tracks. We looked at um, Unity had a really really strong code of conduct, um, and we just we, we as you, as you said like we took the bits that we liked. We we wanted to keep it like fairly concise, uh, just just to get you know as, as much in as small amount of, of words as possible. Um, and yeah, so I think just taking inspiration and reading what other people are doing can definitely help um, I'd recommend that as a good starting point that's a yeah. really good tip yeah that's, that's, that's all I've got to say though. <laughs> <laughs> perfect are there any sort of um, anything that you're you have on the radar coming up that is kind of like things you're doing to sort of add to the conversation going forward like is there anything that you're doing already that you're like these are changes that we wanted to see and these are things that we've implemented within the brewery uh, I mean so recently things have been very busy getting ready for the taproom there are a lot of ideas there are a lot of proto ideas and um, you know there are a lot of we're involved in you know different circles within our lives and we want to include influences from those different circles and it's about trying to about trying to find the right way to implement those things uh, and and get people's voices heard uh, so yeah I, there are a lot of ideas uh, I think it's just about trying to find the best way of implementing them yeah I think we'll have the ability to to do that a little bit more with the tap room at the minute yeah. we, you know we don't have our own space so I think brave noise is and have you know and establishing a code of conduct is not the limit of what we could have done but it, it we didn't have this opportunity to yeah to support initiatives like to do I don't know you know to try and do particularly inclusive or like or other kinds of charitable events or whatever so yeah hopefully the tap room you know we want to we want to make it a discrimination three inclusive place and yeah I think events like that would really be a part of that do you want to tell us a little bit about the tap room as it is coming up I saw the post about it today yeah so it'll be the balance tap room will be opening on the 12th of August <gasps> exciting <laughs> yeah so it's, at, at the moment it's a it's still a bit of a shell uh, but all of the fit out is currently all of the bits of wood are being chopped out and then next week everything's just going to slot into place like a jigsaw puzzle <laughs> and then the following week we'll do a little bit of uh, you know tidying up bit of painting and yeah on the it'll be open and ready to go that weekend <laughs> amazing but yeah it's, it's going to be a it's going to be a really nice addition to the manchester taproom scene i think it's different from any other taproom in manchester and it brings something that just yeah you just cannot find in the northwest i think yeah. what's both of your favorite parts like what like so far what is what do you foresee being your favorite thing about that taproom 
I think we've 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 been working with on the brink, uh, Gareth from on the brink, and his his plans for it are just incredible. So it's got a kind of a mixture of a, a kind of old school pub vibe and a Belgian beer cafe, and it's just it just sits mm. like perfectly in between the two. Like it feels. Yeah, it, it just feels really nice. So it, yeah, there's like a mixture of tradition and not, and there's so much wood and oak particularly uh, that's just going to be around, which just seems to fit perfectly with all the barrels, obviously. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to that, and particularly having like schooners of saison. Um, I feel like that's kind of going to be the measure we serve, and I, I'm really looking forward to like giving people <laughs> like I don't know people used to this kind of beer being like in you know a small. You know, however nice it is to drink this kind of beer in like a third, I quite like the idea yeah. of you know a two-third measure, like a, a proper drinking beer, which is the season the raisins meant to be. Um. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, I'm just looking. At, it's, I think it's going to be quite. It's going to be quite a theatrical place to be, I think, and um, it's going to give us a lot of scope to do events that we've wanted to do. We're going to be opening up as like you know like a, a gallery space, event space where we can let let our imaginations run wild with the things that we've wanted to do for literally years. Yeah. That sounds amazing. I think that I was just trying to work out when I'm next in Manchester and I don't think it's until I was just like I've never indie man. I've never been to Manchester. Like I've literally never been to Manchester and I was like not that I've never wanted to go. My nephew goes to uni or went to uni in Manchester and now he lives there and he's always like, right, right. he knows I love beer and he's like, you can come, you guys can come and stay with me at mine oh. and then you can go around all the beer places and we were like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll take you around the beer places yeah. and he's normally like, he's normally skint and he's normally like, I can't yeah. afford to go to the places you go to, so I'll take you to the proper beer places. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've never, I know Joe's just come back from Manchester, but I've, I've never been and I'm always like... I want to go, but do you know it's just like always finding the time to actually go. All right, I'm yeah. gonna go someplace. I'm gonna actually take the time and go. But it's like this is just one more reason to go now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. Sounds amazing. So I'm like, this is the perfect reason to go. It's gonna be great. <laughs> I'll let you ask the final question, Joe. Mm. So, are there any messages? that you'd like to send to other breweries that might be considering doing Brave Noise, but they're not sure if they should do it? Yeah, I would say, I would say do it. Like, if you're, if you're on the fence, then do it. Because, like, there's nothing really holding you back. Um, and to, to align yourself with this movement, with this collaborative sort of respect for the people that have gone through a really terrible time, and say I hear you, and I'm here for you. Then I think that's an incredible message to send as any business. And and if you have the power to do that, then you should use it. Yeah. Yeah. Look like look at who you stand with. Yeah. Um, you, you know, I don't think we're ever going to reduce or eliminate discrimination without us as individuals. It has to come industry wide, society wide. It has to come by taking initiatives together so I think it's really important to, to do the Brave Noise beer and yeah I'd encourage anyone to yeah, yeah I love that that is amazing yeah I think that was that was the last question so I guess do you want to plug uh, like plug your socials anything you want to plug before we sort of sign up well we talked about the tap room but we could we could plug that once again <laughs> tap room. 12th of August be there um, yeah and I, so we, we still 
do have some Brave Noise in stock online. Um, we'll have some available at the tap room, and we are thinking about doing a an event specifically sort of centered around Brave Noise because we have Amazing. some, you know, some held back. Uh, so that is that is TBC, but that that will be upcoming in the not too distant future. I might definitely need to make the trip to Manchester. <laughs> yeah. That will be that will be just like this beer. I'll be like, well, that is that's my sign. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just follow follow that star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we'll link to to your socials and to the hospitality action. Yeah. Um, we'll link to all of that, and and people should go check you guys out. Get the Brave Noise beer before I go and buy. All the remainder, <laughs> yeah. the it remaining is, bottles of the Brave Noise beer. This is so lovely that I have finished a lot more than I probably should have <laughs> in a thirty-minute period. Um, but thank you guys so much for joining us. And yeah, yeah it's been really hard to not ask you just like general brewery questions. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, keep it Brave Noise, and I'm like, oh, I really want to ask more, but don't. So hopefully we get to talk to you guys again. And really yeah. excited. Good luck on the tap room opening. Hopefully yeah, get to it's gonna be soon. amazing. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. Anytime. Anytime. This beer, though. Fucking beautiful. It's so good. I've literally, I've only got a tiny bit of the bottle left. <laughs> it's a 750ml bottle, people. Video, I've got this glass and that. Yeah. And that is it. And, and the glasses are absolutely tap. gorgeous. Like, it's if my you favorite want, type of beer glass. If you want a fancy beer glass, go to Balance and buy one of their glasses because it's light. It's got a lovely skinny stem. Like, if you're clumsy, you knock them over. Don't buy this glass because it, it's obviously <laughs> emotional. <laughs> the stem like, is really... It is a thin yeah. stem, like, comparatively. So, yeah, it probably is emotional. So, but yeah. it makes you feel fancy AF. So... I, the, these are like so I really like tekus in general but mm-hmm. like these ones are my most I feel like this style just makes me feel the most fancy and I like using it the it's most proper wine because, glassy because it's like wine glassy it makes me feel like I'm just a classy sophisticated person having a classy sophisticated drink yep. and I am actually because this is a classy sophisticated yep. drink but yeah I, I definitely like you said if you're if you're prone to breaking glasses, it might not be the one. I would actually recommend you go on, you buy the two pack of Brave Noise with the glass because you get the glass and you get the two bottles of Brave yep. Noise, and do what we're doing, which is basically drink one, age one, because yep. that's what I'm actually the most excited about doing is being able yeah. to be like, we've had this one, we know how it tastes now, it's beautiful. What's going to happen when it's aged? So on the bottle it says bottled on the eighth of the second, twenty three. Best before the eighth of the second, thirty-three. Like, I don't know if I can hold Sorry. off till twenty thirty-three to drink it, but <laughs> we'll see how it I goes. Can. Might have to get another bottle. Because it's beauts. Breton saison with Bramling Cross and UK Cascade. Gorgeous, pithy. Like, it's got that little funky bretty note to it. Lemony, little bit of like earthy bitterness. I feel like there's Love that it. nice tartness as well mm. that hits the back of your the back of your mouth so good like right by your molars yeah like there's that little like little sharpness to it that is just gorge oh it is absolutely beautiful and i only wish that i was outside having a picnic like i feel like this would be like a lovely outside picnic beer like you have your little cheese and your little like <laughs> nice little picnic cheese food oh, see i do picnics different than other people do and i feel like <laughs> i'd want to have like charcuterie that's my idea of a picnic and so like for me i'm like oh that in the sun with this would be beautiful 
Um, I don't even care. Like it's it's a rainy, rubbish day here today, and I'm like, I'm inside. Horrible. It's raining outside. I've got my bottle of saison in my fancy glass. I'm feeling good. I think. What I think is really great about this as well. So, uh, as we said during the episode, it genuinely was really difficult not to want to deviate and ask questions. Like, I mean, it's a Brave Noise episode, so we really try to stay on and specifically go for the Brave Noise questions to not deviate away from that conversation. Um, but it's so hard not to ask about some of like the other interesting things that they were saying about sort of like the blending day and and how that process is in general. I was like, I've just got questions on how that goes. Full stop. Yeah. Before we start talking about the dry hopping and anything else and like just really interesting stuff to dig into um but i think what's really cool about this one it's like where it is sort of one that you can age there's sort of this like probably unintentional side of things as well that it's like see how this ages like this conversation like this conversation is going to be a conversation that ages like this is not just going to be a conversation that's a one and done of like we've brewed a beer and it's done it's like there's so much more that goes into the whole ethos of brave noise that i feel like this beer whether that was even a thought or not the fact that it's one that it's like aged for 10 years like that is something that in 10 years time you can have this and have a conversation about how the state of things maybe hopefully change for the better that's a really good point i something i probably should have said to them but i just didn't at the time just didn't even think about it. it wasn't until after and i was like I'm having an insightful moment. One bottle of Brave Noise Deep, and I'm like, I'm having an insightful she's, moment. She's having an epiphany. <laughs> <laughs> having my best ideas now that now that they're gone, I'm having these amazing ideas. I was like, should have actually asked on the episode. That's fine. We can ask them when they come on the next time. <laughs> it was genuinely. I was like, oh, I really hope we get because <laughs> they're like super nice, and I yeah. was like, and I want to try more of their stuff. And like that tap room sounds like it's going to be amazing. Yeah, I've been to Manchester. Definitely need to visit. Travel. When I'm up there for Indie Man, might have to pop by. We'll have to see how it goes. Right. I want to go finish this beer. So, Tori, where can people talk to you about um, if they want to get into Brave Noise? Because we might know a little bit about that, mightn't we? Yeah, I feel like I talk a lot about that and, and the and the positives of why you should get involved and, and what you can do. Like, I mean, I'm not even like I don't have no association in the sense of Brave Noise other than having had conversations with the Brave Noise team. But I'm not like an extended part of their team in that regard by any any means. But I feel like we've had conversations of how you can get involved, why you should get involved, what to do if you don't think you can get involved but you want to um all those really really great things so yeah you can come talk to me on instagram at adventures underscore in underscore optimism or you can reach out to both of us at a woman's brew on instagram or if you have brewed a brave noise or and you haven't spoken to us yet um or you're thinking about brewing a brave noise you're planning to brew a brave noise and you want to come talk to us about it please feel free to reach out to us at a woman's brew podcast at gmail.com joe if people want to talk to you about brave noise where can they talk to you you can come talk to me about brave noise and i think at this point i know a little bit about it um i can put you into the right direction for resources um you can find me at my beer school which is love beer learning and we are on facebook instagram twitter tiktok and pinterest um mostly on instagram so probably come find me there uh, you can also come to my website, which is lovebelearning.co.uk, uh, or you can email me at lovebelearning at gmail.com. I'll answer all of those at some point. Relatively quickly, usually. You can find me there. Right, I'm going to go finish this gorgeous beer, and I encourage everyone to go and buy some of it, because it is amazing. Before I buy it all. Before Tori buys it all. Cheers.
Cheers. Cheers.